Welcome to another Freshfields Tax Matters podcast. I'm Josh Critchlow with the London Tax Team. Tax policymakers around the world have been hard at work the last few years, developing proposals to reform the international tax system. Not to be left out, the EU has announced an ambitious package of measures in their Communication on Business Taxation for the 21st Century, also known as BT21. With me to give us an overview of what's coming up in EU tax policy, we have an international quartet of tax experts, Bob Van Kasteren, Bryn Rajathurai, Philip Redeker, and Georg Roderberg. Hello, everyone. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi. Hi, Josh. Bob, to get us started, can you give us a summary of what the EU is trying to achieve with the BT21 measures? Well, the package covers a lot of different areas and includes proposals that are quite diverse in terms of how politically controversial they are and in terms of financial impact for taxpayers. A major aspect is that the EU is stepping up the fight against international tax avoidance and addresses digitalization of the economy, increased transparency, as well as sustainability. It's fair to say that the BT21 package is a combination of progressing the work that the EU was already doing, proposals that were already pending at EU or OECD level, and some new measures. In the past 10 years, we've seen many initiatives from both the EU and the OECD, which were largely focused around the so-called OECD BEPS project. And we've seen the EU implement many measures already. We've, for example, seen the implementation of the anti-tax avoidance directives, various transparency measures, such as country-by-country reporting, mandatory disclosure rules, but also, of course, the EU's fiscal state aid campaigns. And the BT21 proposals will build on those existing measures. And Bob, on timing, why do you think the EU is doing this big reform package now? Well, against the background of what the EU has been doing over the past few years, it's no surprise that the EU has come up with this package. The current socioeconomic environment also requires the EU to tackle at least some of the issues that are being addressed And to an extent, the measures will also help the EU and the member states raise additional tax revenues, which is badly needed to repair the finances after the damages from the pandemic. And business taxpayers are an easy target in this regard. And so, Bob, you think this package is very likely to happen? Yes, it's inevitable that at least part of the package will be introduced. There's already political agreement at EU or OECD level for a number of the measures. But there are also measures that in one form or another have been around for a very long time, for which the European Commission has never been able to achieve consensus amongst member states. And those are, of course, less likely to be introduced in the near future. Right. So some significant changes that taxpayers are going to need to watch out for. Bryn, perhaps the biggest measure in the BT21 proposals will be the EU's implementation of the OECD's Pillar 1 and 2 proposals. Where are we with those? Thanks, Josh. As Bob just mentioned, there's been a lot of activity at the OECD level. And in July, over 130 countries reached agreement on the OECD's two-pillar approach. We've got a lot of materials, blogs and briefings on our website if listeners want more detailed background, but for now it's perhaps enough to say that the July agreement was a bit of a pivotal moment for the international tax system. You have Pillar 1, which for the first time will move away from the principle that you have to have physical presence in order for a jurisdiction to have taxing rights, 
and Pillar 2, which seeks to impose a minimum level of taxation for multinationals. The EU has committed to implementing what's agreed on the two pillars by way of two directives. Proposals for these are expected in 2022. Yes, and we know that OECD's BEPS project from about five years ago was implemented in this way as well. And the EU likes to implement new international tax policy as a collective through EU directives. But are there signs, Bryn, that this time it may be a bit more challenging? Yes, Josh. So even though we have the agreement of over 130 members of the inclusive framework, crucially for the EU, there are four member states that aren't on board. So you've got Ireland, Estonia and Hungary, and then there's Cyprus, which isn't part of the inclusive framework at all. The problem that this poses is that directives in relation to tax require unanimity. So the big question is, how is the EU going to overcome this issue? There may be a couple of alternative routes. One of these might be engaging the enhanced cooperation procedure. However, we know the EU is reluctant to do this, as the last time they tried this was on the financial transaction tax, and this hasn't been very successful. An alternative would be unilateral implementation by those member states that are in favour, but that pushes against the aim of achieving consistency across the single market. There are also some questions about areas where the two pillars might not be compatible with existing EU law. So, for instance, what's the interaction between Pillar 2 and the decision of the European Court of Justice in Cadbury-Schweppes in relation to freedom of establishment? A formulaic substance-based carve-out has been proposed in relation to Pillar 2, but it's not clear whether that will be enough to make it compatible with this ECJ case law. Whilst a directive may enable you to override any such incompatibilities, a unilateral measure would not. The Commission's preference is therefore going to be to somehow find a way to reach agreement on this and implement the OECD proposals through directives. The one thing that the Commission has taken off the table, at least for the time being, is the digital levy. This was seen by the EU as a crucial way to raise resources following the COVID-19 pandemic. However, this didn't sit very well with the requirement that sits alongside Pillar 1, that all unilateral digital tax measures have to be repealed. The EU was due to unveil its proposals for a digital levy in July, but it came under considerable pressure from the US and at the last minute agreed to put this on hold with the position to be reassessed in October. Right, so some potentially tricky diplomatic manoeuvring required for the EU to pass these measures. Thank you, Bryn. And Philip, besides implementing the OECD's Pillar 1 and 2 proposals, what else has the EU got planned in this package? Yes, so in its communication, the Commission goes even further than implementing the Pillars 1 and and 2. It also presents a a long-term plan for a new framework for future company taxation in the EU. It is called Business in Europe Framework for Income Taxation, or the CUTE abbreviation BFIT. The Commission plans to develop a proposal for BFIT by 2023. It is intended to create a, a more common set of rules for corporate taxation and uh, to contribute for, to the fair allocation of taxation rights among member states. The planned EU-wide set of rules for corporate income tax is to provide for a common tax base and a, a formula-based allocation of profits to member states. Profits of EU members of multinational groups would thus be aggregated into a common tax base, which would then be allocated among member states based on a formula and taxed on their respective national corporate tax rates. The formula for the partial reallocation of Pillar 1 profits and the rules for calculating the tax base for Pillar 2 purposes are in this concept to be adopted, so you would align that, while the use of a formula for the allocation of profits is intended to element the complex transfer pricing rules within the EU for companies covered by the new regime. So it's the intention and the hope that BFIT will eventually cut red tape, 
reduce compliance costs, close tax loopholes and, and promote jobs, growth and, and investment in, in the single market. Philip, it sounds a lot like a revamped version of the EU stalled CCCTB proposals from a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair description. This new proposal is intended to replace the pending Common Consolidated Corporate Tax Base, CCCTB, which was actually withdrawn with the communication. The new proposal is intended to take into account the significant changes in the economy and the international framework since the introduction of CCCTB as a proposal. But if you look at the time frame that has developed since then, the key challenge remains to be seen if this proposal will be more successful than CCCTB, as it will face the same major challenge, an unanimous decision by the member states. Even with the UK's leaving the bloc, I think that's quite still a challenge to, to overcome, as you, Bren, have described before. A further legislative proposal that is currently in the process of public consultation is an allowance as an incentive against the current perceived preference for debt over equity financing. And this is supposed to be introduced by Q1 2022. It has the catchy name DEBRA for Debt Equity Bias Reduction Allowance. The Commission believes that tax deductibility of debt interest, as opposed to cost associated with equity financing, has long been a tax incentive for debt financing rather than equity financing of companies. They kind of fear that this can lead to excessive debt with negative spillover effects across the EU if some countries face high waves of insolvencies. The need for the measure is particularly seen in light of the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic has significantly increased corporate debt. The measure is intended to help recapitalize financially distressed companies. Okay, that uh, the Deborah allowance sounds like a potentially fundamental change to tax systems. Well, I think yes, it is. So far, the proposal has, therefore, in public consultation, met a lot of criticism, as it denies the fundamental difference between debt and equity investors. The former lend money to a company with a generally fixed remuneration and no participation in the chances and risk of the actual economic undertaking. The latter, the equity investors, are actually an economic co-owner of the business. From a systemic view, that would be a major change to the current system of income taxation in the member states if implemented. Yeah, I, I agree. And it will be really interesting to see how that particular proposal develops. And finally, Georg, there's a strong ESG component to the EU's tax agenda, isn't there? Yes, thanks, Josh. The measures of the BT21 package are complemented by various other initiatives. Those initiatives seek to improve the tax system in the EU from a sustainability perspective. The measures shall support the green transition initiated by the EU with its EU55 package, which was also recently presented on 14 July 2021. There are also other measures intended to help move towards a fairer tax system through greater transparency and steps to tackle abuse. Let me give you some details on this. The EU55 package is aimed at bringing the EU environmental and energy regulatory framework in line with its goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 55% by 2030 and to attain climate neutrality by 2050. From a tax perspective, the most interesting elements of this package should be the revision of the ex existing EU emissions trading system, the EU ETS, the proposal of a carbon border adjustment mechanism, or shortly the CBAM system, 
and the revision of the already existing energy taxation directive. First, uh, the changes of the ETS system. As part of this revision, the Commission proposes that the emissions from the current EU ETS sectors are reduced by 61% by 2030, which is quite an increase compared to the current figures. And measures to achieve this goal are first the steepening up of the annual emissions reduction from 2.2% to 4.2% and by gradually removing free emission allowances for certain industries until 2035. Please note that this EU ETS system and therefore also those changes are only applicable for emissions produced within the EU. In the future, these systems shall therefore be complemented by the CBAM system, the Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism. This new mechanism shall also cover the embedded emissions in products that are imported into the EU. Like the ETS, the CBAM will be based on a system of certificates that basically mirrors the ETS price. And for that, the importers of goods will have to register with national authorities where they can also buy the relevant CBAM certificates. At the start, CBAM will only apply to certain industries, that's cement, iron and steel, aluminium, fertilizers and electricity. But you can already say that the Commission reserves to extend its scope to more products and services after having evaluated the system after a comparatively short transition period at the end of 2025. Now, last point, the revision of the energy taxation directive. This mainly introduces a new structure of tax rates based on the energy content and the environmental performance of the fuels and electricity which are taxed. It also broadens the taxable base by including more products in the scope and by removing some of the current exemptions and reductions, for example, for kerosene used as fuel in aviation industry and heavy oil used in the maritime industry. That sounds like quite a lot of new environmental taxing measures. And is the focus there reducing emissions or is this also about raising revenue? While all those measures mainly aim at reducing emissions within the EU at a quicker speed, the Commission also proposes that member states shall spend the entirety of their new revenues on climate and energy-related projects. You can thus feel that the Commission also acknowledges that those measures might also generate substantial new revenues for the member states. And in my view, only the future will show whether this new possibility to raise resources might create, therefore, conflicts with the main goal to reduce emissions. Apart from that, one thing for listeners to watch out right now is that all the new tools will impose new administrative challenges on taxpayers, especially regarding the new CBAM system, as it requires to evaluate the imported goods for the embedded carbon emissions and It will also introduce entirely new administrative processes that the taxpayers have to comply with. So right now, from the start, it, it really imposes big challenges on the taxpayers. Thank you, Georg. And besides environmental measures, what else is there in terms of the EU's ESG agenda in these proposals? Apart from this EU55 package I just described, we see a wider global trend towards the focus on the various ESG goals. That means to further include environmental, social and good governance goals into the global tax framework. Two quite tangible existing initiatives in this regard are the DAC7 and DAC8 initiative. DAC7 and DAC8 
will expand the information reporting requirements of the Directive on Administrative Cooperation within the EU in relation to digital platforms and to crypto assets. We are likely to see similar reporting rules implemented beyond the EU, with the OECD publishing a set of model rules for reporting by digital platforms, and the UK expect to introduce a similar regime from 2023. Georg, while we're talking about the transparency parts of the ESG agenda, it's probably worth mentioning some of the additional reporting measures the EU is initiating, such as public country-by-country reporting, CBCR, and their proposal around publishing effective tax rates. In relation to public CBCR, large EU businesses with revenues over 750 million euros will need to publish a report on their website with tax information such as net sales, profits, number of employees and income taxes. Yes, thank you, Bring. That's absolutely right. Uh, the, the CBCR proposals are complementary to the EU BT21 package, with the first reports due in 2024. And they will also help boost transparency. Similarly, the proposal around publishing effective tax rates will complement this by requiring the annual publication of the effective corporate tax rate for certain large companies with operations in the EU, where also a legislative proposal is expected by 2022. There are also other measures in the EU BT21 package looking to increase trust in the system with anti-abuse proposals such as consultation on the use of shell companies to look out for in this area. So also in this regard, a lot is happening. Thank you, Georg. And to conclude, Bob, what do you think listeners can be doing now to get ready for all this? The impact of each of the measures will differ per business. And what we've seen in the past is that in some instances, parties were too late in recognizing the relevance of measures for their business and in taking proper action. Freshfields can help clients in assessing how the EU BT21 package may impact them so as to be prepared when legislation comes into force. And if clients expect a direct impact for them, we can also help with providing input on the proposals through the various consultation processes or by assisting with lobbying in the various member states or at EU level. Thank you, Bob. And thank you, everyone. Bryn, Philip and Georg. If listeners would like more information on the EU BT21 tax proposals, there will be a link in the podcast description to our website where we've set out an overview of all the proposals and a timeline setting out the next steps for the introduction of the package. Alternatively, listeners can get in touch with their usual Freshfields contact.